Welcome to Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Tony Jones. And it's draft time, Tony. Oh, draft time is my favorite day of the NBA year. Do we call it smokescreen week? Oh, my goodness. It is nothing but smokescreens, nothing but lies. And I love the lies. I love the dishonesty. I love the, you know, the subterfuge. I love the chicanery. I love the... Whatever, whatever you know, synonym you want to throw in there. I love it all, Tony. I eat it all up. I absorb it all. You're a national writer. See, I'm a beat writer. So it's, it's not as fun for me. It's not fun? Not as fun. I mean, like, you know, the smoke screens aren't as fun for me because you got to, right. I got to, I got to wade through the smoke screens. Like, okay, uh, like, huh. Like, you say you like this guy, you say you like that guy. Is this, which, which one is genuine and which one is something I just have to like kind of laugh off. Right. Um, so, and that's tough too because you cover a, a good team. So yes. it's always a, a pick in the 20s. Yeah, a lot has to happen before you you get to that pick, right? Like, yes. so that's that's got to make it even, even tougher to kind of nail down what the thinking is. Yeah. You know, it, it was funny because the Jazz really, I remember last year, they really, really, really liked Brandon Clark. Like, they really liked him. And Brandon ended up going uh, right in the spot where they would have picked, I think. Yeah. And he ended up having a heck of a rookie year. Yeah, he's good. It would have been interesting to see Brandon Clark on the Jazz and how that would have worked out. Yeah, that definitely that definitely changes things. So he went, um, where did he go? He went 21st. Yeah, and I think the Jazz were picking like 20 or 21st. They were picking, tw- or they, at least they had the 23rd pick in the draft. I feel like I'm missing a transaction here. I mean, they, they traded the first to Memphis, and Memphis took Brandon Clark with. That's what it was, right. They traded the first to Memphis. The Thunder took Clark technically. Right. And but traded, that was a trade, yeah. Right, and traded him to Memphis. Right. That's, <laughs> that's a fun idea. Him and Donovan together? Right. And, and Clark playing the four where Rudy plays the five. Yeah. Oh, man. That would have been fun. They really liked him in the pro, in the, in the uh, pre-draft process. And they were like, Tony, we really like Brandon Clark. And I was like, I think you guys are genuine. And, yeah, Brandon Clark 100% would have been drafted by the Jazz, taken by the Jazz. Yeah. If they had kept that pick. That was the Mike Conley trade. That was the Mike so, Conley trade. They had to do the Mike Conley trade. Would you rather... A couple years of Mike Conley and whatever that yields, or tack another ten years on with Brandon Clark, huh? You don't know that it would have been ten years. They only have eight years of, of team. Control, I don't know so that it'll only would... be two years of Mike Conley, but I'm 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 dangling this this topic out there. They'd be down to seven years. Don't do that, Jazz fans. You you're gonna cause an Jazz argument. fans. Would you rather have? And I want you to tweet at Tony Jones NBA, not at Talk Hoops. Just tweet at Tony Jones NBA. Would you rather Mike Conley for two or Brandon Clark for ten? Definitely tweet at Talk Hoops. And just remember, Jazz fans. Remember how Mike Conley disappointed you this season. And I want you to use that. Do you want another year of disappointment, or do you want nine more years of intrigue and dunks with Brandon Clark? Come on! Oh man, that is hilarious. Uh, so we've got some we got some draft stuff to talk about. We've got some uh, we got some free agency stuff to talk about. Uh, let's do the draft because unfortunately the draft comes before free agency. Um, Tony, is, have I thrown my idea at you for what I would like the draft process to be? No, I'd like to. I've hear said it, it on the radio. I think I've said it on a podcast or two, but I I, I just want to make sure it's everywhere. So I think the draft process should be the draft lottery happens, right? 
Then 30 minutes later, the draft begins. So what we do is anybody can work out, right? Like you work out anybody you want. This way you don't have a set order, so players maybe have to go to other teams, right? Teams they wouldn't normally work out for because they don't know what the draft's going to look like. The draft order is going to look like. And then you have all that pre-draft stuff leading up to the lottery. Lottery happens. Half hour later, the draft happens. Half or an hour into the draft, which might be around like pick like 15, 17, 18, somewhere in there. An hour into the NBA draft, free agency opens. That's what I want it to be. And I want it to be an all-day event. You just want it to be as chaotic as humanly possible. 100%. Yeah. That's all that's going to yield. Yes. Chaos. Please. That's what I want. But you would have to open the trade moratorium at a minimum two weeks before that day. Okay. That works. Actually, no. Trade moratorium opens up the day before. Oh, come the on. The day before. Z- yeah, Zach, let's make on. it weird. No, come on. No. No. Oh, are we going to pretend that these conversations haven't already happened, Tony? I've seen your conspiracy theories. Come on. I've seen your conspiracy theory. I Seriously. know. it's Like, we know some of the stuff that's going to happen already. I mean, do we? Don't we? Nobody oh. negotiates before the moratorium is lifted oh. because everybody follows the rules. That's right. That's right. There are no deals already in place for anybody. <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> None whatsoever. Nobody yeah. knows anything. Okay. Jeremy Lin is just just happened to be in New Jersey in, in New Jersey to I mean in Brooklyn to work out with the, with KD and in in Kyrie. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing else is happens, going yeah. on behind that. He just happened no. to be there for a run. Like he was. Yeah. Like he was shopping downtown on J Street. Right. And he was like, oh. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me roll over to the arena and see if KD and then oh KD Kyrie, you guys are right. Can I? Oh, I got my shoes in the in the trunk in the whip. Yeah, no, I think it's purely a coincidence that Victor Oladipo lets it known that he's in Miami every chance he gets. Purely coincidental. <laughs> yeah, really coincidental. I mean, I'm just saying. Big time coincidence that we had a a story from ESPN that James Harden and Russell Westbrook maybe are uncertain about the future. Purely coincidental. Purely coincidental. Yeah. What, now, what would you do there if you were Tillman? Oh, I'd get rid of everybody. I would, too. You're not winning a title with that. The, with that, the with funniest that part of that report was their concern the title, their, their contending window is closing. I was like, buddies, it has done closed. You're not contenders anymore. What Braun and AD and the Lakers did to them in five games. I mean, that was not a close five-game series. It was bullying. Yeah, it was bullying. They'd get detention if they did that in school. <laughs> It was bullying. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you've got a clean house if you do, because first of all, they play they play such a unique style that you have to clear you have to clean house if the architect of that style is somewhere else, and right. both of the architects of that style are somewhere else. Right. Daryl Morey is somewhere else, and Mike D'Antonio is somewhere else. So, right. I mean, you just can't. You know, you're not. You can't ask Steven Silas to come in and still play that way. Um, no, you can't. And so, yeah, man, I want I want chaos. Day before trade moratorium's up. Next day, noon, we get the draft lottery. Noon 30, NBA draft starts. 1.30, a fire up free agency. That's my goal. That's what I want. Unfortunately, that's not the case this year. You can't pack an offseason like a, like a can of sardines. Oh, can't you? Ask the NBA right now if you can do that. You know what? I take that back. I mean... <laughs> In a normal year, in a normal year, you shouldn't be able to, to do this. Seriously. Um, no, I think it would. Man, you imagine the ratings for that day? Are you kidding me? You're welcome, NBA. You're yeah, welcome one for day. all that. So, no, okay. Okay. You know what? So, no, you, here's what you do. Hold on, Tony. Now we're, now we're improvising on the fly. Because this is what you do then. You turn it into a telethon. Jesus Christ. Right? You turn it into a telethon in which people are pledging to 
We'll pick a charity, right? We'll pick a charity. Mm-hmm. And so now you get, you know, ESPN and TNT can do joint broadcasts and they can switch off during the day um, at various times. And they just continue a broadcast for like four straight days. So it's so, four days of ratings. So what you're saying is now the NBA is Jerry's kids. Like you've seen the, some of the money that they've lost over the last year? <laughs> might be. You think Tillman Fertitta's trading James Harden and Russell Westbrook because he's got too much money right now? No. Dude's broke. That dude oh, is broke. Man. All right. So the Jazz have what pick? Jazz have the 21st pick? 23rd. 23rd pick right now. All right. They got the 23rd pick in the 2020 NBA draft. And John Hollinger threw Josh Green, guard from Arizona, to the Utah Jazz at 23. And so Green's got good size, right? 6'6". He's got like a 6'10", 6'11", wingspan. Mm -hmm. Um, Not, I wouldn't say much of a shooter outside of spotting up. Yeah, but he looks like he'll, I, I, I think he'll shoot. I think he'll shoot. He's got real good form, real good release. Like his shot, like to me, I think his shot has real upside. I agree with that. I do think that he's going to be a guy who can, who can learn how to shoot, and especially if he's in a, if he's in a system like what the Jazz, a development system like the Jazz. I think they can easily turn him into a shooter. Like he would not play this year. No, and I don't think you need him to, right? No, like you don't I, it need would. Him it, to. Look, this is the other thing we have to we have to come to grips with uh, as a basketball discussing society. If a rookie is contributing to your team, and especially a rookie that's picked in the twenties, your team might not actually be that good in terms of depth, right? It's possible that you hit a home run, an absolute home run, with that pick in the twenties, and they become good right away. But for the most part, like that dude's probably not contributing. Toronto and OG. What did he do? OG was the 23rd pick. Yeah, and? And he contributed pretty well as a rookie. Did he play 20 minutes a game? That's contributing. Oh, my God. Is it not? No. So, you play 20 minutes a game, you're like the seventh guy. And you play in that 20 minutes a game, you're still playing it in the playoffs. That's not contributing? Did he play in the playoffs? He played in the playoffs. How much? He played a lot. He was in a lot of LeBron highlights. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That's true. Like, it was a lot of LeBron floaters over the outstretched arms. That's true. That's true. He tried. He tried. It was one of those things where, like, he didn't shy away from guarding LeBron. So now we're like, ooh, he can guard LeBron. It's like, all right, we got to calm down. We did this with, like, Stanley Johnson. We did this with Boyan Bogdanovich. It was more like Dwayne was like, look, man, we're not putting DeMar on this dude. So, right. Go ahead. So, <laughs> so you're going to just have to take minutes. You have to wear this one, Brooke. <laughs> Uh, okay, I would say more times than not, nine times out of ten, you're not getting a contributor, especially as a rookie. So if you're look, Jazz fans, if you're looking for a guy like, oh, we can, we need a wing right now, so we're gonna get this guy. I don't think that's the mentality to have with this with this pick. I think you're looking for a guy who a year from now can contribute. I would personally take Jaden McDaniels. Ooh, I like him. I would personally take him if. Jaden McDaniels is is um, available at number twenty three. I'll take him and just move on with my life. He's also a, a big time project, though. He's a big time project, but if he hits, he's an all star. I don't know what to do with these Washington players, right? Because they keep getting talent, but like the guy who's produced the most at that college over the last like five years is Isaiah Stewart. Who's also available in this draft. I like a lot. Well, Matisse 
really produced. Matisse was a good defender right away. Sure. He was a Pac-12 defensive player of the year, like, multiple times. Yeah, but that the Pac-12's garbage basketball. I'm not worried. Like, I, I that doesn't impress me at all. But it translated to the league. It did translate to the league, but I'm saying, like, that program isn't successful. No, it's not. Right? Like, they keep getting talent, and that talent can't win. So they, and, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's an indictment on them. I'm saying I don't know what to do with their pro prospects. I don't know what to do with someone like Jaden McDaniels because I like everything I see about him, but then also I look at it and, like, he just wasn't that good. The best thing Jaden McDaniels has done, the best decision that he's made was leave to leave Washington after one year. Yes, 100%. That was the best decision that he's made. Now, Especially in this draft. What his career is going to pan out in is how hard he's willing to work. Right. And let's say the Jazz draft him. Let's just say just for argument. He's going to have to be willing to spend at least one year as a red shirt. I think if you got him in the G League for a considerable amount of time. For, yeah. Like just for the whole year. Just put him in the G yeah. League. Maybe even two. And, and Jazz fans would have to be patient because he's not going to play in year one. And he might right. not play in year two. Right. And he's just got to develop. But if he develops, like he's a potential star. But the problem with him is, you remember when uh, Michael Jordan said the ceiling is through the roof? Yeah. Yeah, the floor is through the floor with him. <laughs> he, could be out, he could be out of the league in year five. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, he's so aware, like, I watch him and I think, I remember when everyone was very excited about Perry Jones, right? Is it Perry Jones the third? Was that my dude? Yeah, he, he could be Perry Jones. Yeah, and everyone was excited about Earl Clark. Right, because like what, like I wasn't a six, really nine that dude. excited about Earl Clark because he couldn't. Some dribble. people were very excited about Earl Clark. I mean, now Jaden McDaniels like, can handle the rock. Yeah, Jaden can. Yeah, Jaden can handle the rock, and so that's that's what I like about him. I do think that his ability to to have the ball on a string at his size does have that you know that potential. You said like if if you hit on him, he could be an all star. I do like I agree. Like I do think the talent is there. I don't think that's likely, but I think he could be a very, very good role player. And I think the key is whether you take him, whether you take Josh Green, the first year has got to be primarily G League and developmental experience, with the idea that when he comes into year two, he has a chance to compete for a ro- for a rotation spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If that track goes well, it's like you expect him to compete for a rotation spot in year two, and then if he doesn't. Okay, now we have to reevaluate like just how serious this guy is. Right. And I think the intel that the Jazz have on him makes them think that he's gonna come in and work hard. That he wants to come in and work hard. Yeah. I think they think he's a guy that likes to be in the gym and likes to work on his game. So that that would be my personal I mean, you know, I could go Josh Green, I could go Jay McDaniels, I could go Robert Woodard, I could go Tyler Bay. The Jazz need a wing. Yes. You know. Badly need a win. It's hilarious that I've seen all these mock drafts and like all these mock drafts are are, are mocking point guards to the Jazz, like Trey Jones. <laughs> I mean, I like Trey Jones. I think Trey Jones is going to be a steal wherever he's taken. He's going to be taken somewhere bottom of the first round, top of the second round. And that dude is a lockdown defender. Very, very good defender. Yeah, like he's going to need to learn to shoot. I have serious questions on how much separation off the dribble he can gain at the NBA yeah. level. But I think like maybe he's Javon Carter, right? That's a good player. That's a good rotation guy. He's maybe a little better than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like if you're saying like his, like, okay, he can be a Javon Carter for us. Man, I'll take that backup point guard for ten years. I think I think he's going to be in the league for ten years for sure. Yeah, no, no, no. He's a player. He's going to stick around. He's good. I think the Jazz have to. I think there are enough people 
that are going to be in this draft that are going to be available at 23 that the Jazz can swing for the fence for. Yeah, because the, the thing about this draft, Tony, is everyone's saying it's kind of a weak, th- a weak draft because there's no real star power, right? Like you're hoping James Wiseman is, it becomes a star. You're hoping LaMelo or Anthony Edwards. You're hoping one of these guys becomes a star. But it's deep. Like this draft is deep with wing players. It's deep with backup point guards. Like there is a lot of depth. Like you can get a quality rotation guy one through like 45 in this draft. I absolutely think you can get a quality rotation guy in the second round. And I will tell you this. I think there's star power at the top of the draft. The problem is the star power guys, the LaMelo Balls, the Anthony Edwards, the James Wiseman's, even the Isaac Okoros, the Obi Toppins, they all have, well, I'll take Obi Toppin out of that. They all have really scary floors. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, if they bust out, like, they can really bust out. Yeah. You know, so there's, I think the consternation is that when Jason Tatum came out, right, like, even though he went third, there was, okay, you know, we think he can be an all-NBA guy. But if he's not an all-NBA guy, at worst, I'm going to get an 18 points per game score for 10 years. Yeah, maybe at worst you're getting like a Tobias Harris, right? Which everyone freaks out now because he got $180 million. But if you don't have $180 million committed to, to Tobias Harris, like that's a dude you want on your roster. Right. So I can look at offense. I could be like, okay, I can get Anthony Edwards or whatever. But what does he do other than score? Like I think Anthony Edwards can score 20 a night in the NBA for 10 years. But what can he do outside of that? Or I can get LaMelo Ball and I can be like, yo, I think LaMelo Ball is going to be a terrific offensive point guard, but he can't guard a chair. Right. Or I can get Obi Toppin and i be like, well, he's uh, a sensational NBA athlete. He's a really good shooter. He's a prototypical big for today's game, but he's 23 years old and he can't guard a chair. You can look at Denny be like, okay, he's got real skill set, 6'9", can handle, can shoot yeah. it, but He's not really that athletic, and he can't guard a chair. Like there's, you can look at everybody in the top seven or eight guys. You can look at Isaac Okoro, be like he's an, an elite defender, but how does he score? Yeah, Onyeke Okongwu, right? Like he looks super intriguing. Killian right. Hayes looks super intriguing, right? There's a butt with every single guy basically in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that that's what NBA executives are scared of. Like, there's star power. Like, there's going to be somebody from this draft that makes it to the All-NBA level. And I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say there's going to be multiple guys in this draft that makes it to the All-NBA level. But nobody knows who. Right. The comparisons have been there. It kind of reminds people of that that 2013 draft, right? Right. Where there's a lot of good players, and like Victor Oladipo was a, a highly projected pick and, and ended up going number two, and he's he's an all-NBA level guy, right? Um, but the, the two stars that draft came from 15 and 27 with Giannis and, and Rudy Gobert. I think there were people that looked at Giannis and said, okay, best case scenario, this guy can be an all-NBA guy. Like, I think people looked at Giannis and said it was that. Like, it was like if everything breaks right. right everything you know, like, breaks yeah, right. Yeah, it was a lot of what-ifs, right? Right. But, you know, people... People talk could look at him and talk themselves into, like, it's going to take years, but he can make it to this level. Right. Now, I don't think anybody thought he was going to be top four in the league, but I think back people Back-to-back MVP, he could make it. right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nobody looked at Rudy Gobert and was like, yo, that kid's going to be three-time All-NBA center. After his rookie season, I was like, yo, this dude sucks. <laughs> I, was, I was so out on Rudy Gobert after his rookie season. Yeah. Like, no, nobody was looking at that. That's the intrigue and the fear in this draft. Like, your all-NBA guy could, like, be drafted in the 30s. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe there's a Draymond Green, right? Maybe there's a Chris Middleton. I might take 
James Wiseman, and I'm not saying that he's going to bust out, but I might take James Wiseman and he might be a 7-1 Bismack. You know, nobody knows. Right. So, that but just, that just depressed a lot of a lot of people who were hoping James Wiseman's good. <laughs> let's see. I'm 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 just I'm just using an example. I don't. Yeah. Think, if I were the know. you know what, if I were the Wolves, I'd take Wiseman 100. So move Cat to the four. Move Cat to the four. You play a lot of zone with the two of them because at least you'll rebound. Both those guys can rebound. Um, maybe Wiseman projects to be a good defender at some point, but they're not going to stop anybody anyway. Um, so I would just go get the best player. I think he's the best player. You can do a lot of stuff, especially as that jumper develops for Wiseman. I think he'll be able to shoot. You can do a lot of stuff offensively, and it's not like there's a guy in this draft they take and they're like, all right, the defense is fixed. So just go out and score everybody. And Wiseman could end up being an incredible trade chip for them in a year, right? I would love for them to take LaMelo, but he can't Dude, play I, with The idea of LaMelo and D'Angelo. No, no. You can't. Yeah, that's not going to work. I think LaMelo has a chance to be really good. It's hard to evaluate him, too, because he's just he hasn't had any stability in his playing development in terms of, like, he had all the stuff with, um, you know, with high school and his dad, and then... He goes to Lithuania and then he goes to um, to Australia, right? Like that, like that's not continuity. That's hard to develop that way. And so I don't want to use that against him, but it also it just raises a lot of questions for me in trying to figure out what he actually is and can be. Right. I think Lamelo's terrific. Uh, he's got unbelievable court vision. Unbelievable court vision. Unbelievable handles. Yeah. The jumper's got to be fixed. Jumper's got to be fixed. Can't guard a chair. Has no idea how to guard. Yeah. He might make. D'Angelo Russell looked like Gary Payton. Yeah. Like he's, he's that bad defensively. Like he has just <laughs> no uh LaMelo, uh your man just cut back door. Why are you still at the top of the key, bro? <laughs> like <laughs> He's waiting for an outlet in case someone gets a stop there. <laughs> like, um bro. all right, let's uh let's move past the draft, Tony. Let's go to a trade idea. Of Drew Holiday is available, right? And I'm not saying the Jazz should trade for Drew Holiday, but if there's an exodus of Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans, all of a sudden I would think a certain free agent big man maybe doesn't feel so inclined to return to the Pelicans, unless that payday is very important, right? If you're going to start getting rid of the adults and the veterans off that team, then maybe if you're someone who is looking for a potential new home, maybe that does you a favor in trying to make that decision, Tony? That was such a trash transition. Was that no good? (laughs) What? I was pretty happy with that one. First of all, I think that New Orleans would be wise to balloon payment, Derek, for one year. I agree. I think so, too. Um, because Jackson Hayes is not ready. I think he I think he needs one more year. Even if you trade Drew Holiday, I think that there's some pressure within that organization to, to, to either make the playoffs or compete for the playoffs and you're not making the playoffs if you get rid of every veteran in that in that locker room yeah that could man it could turn that could turn into a bad team next year well pretty I mean, quickly it, it was a selfish team last year I mean, yeah it was, it was your turn my turn and you're taking away the leader right you know it was your turn my turn with drew holiday's calming influence on the floor imagine if drew is not there i know i know I mean, that, I, nah, mean, that nah, could... I do think i do think that it it has a chance to get better because Brandon Ingram is going to get paid, so he's not playing for a contract. You just had too many guys playing for contract, too many young guys still yeah. on their first in their on their first contracts. So if I were New Orleans, I'd pay Derek Favors fourteen million dollars just to. I may even go higher than that, man. Right. I mean, I may go know. like two years forty, with the second year being. Either team option or non-guaranteed, right? Not guaranteed. You know, somewhere where 
you I, I'd say team option because okay, you know how far away is Jackson f- from being being ready to take over for thirty minutes a night? Okay, then, then let me ask you that. Well, he's I would say two years at least. I like Jackson Hayes a lot, but I I think that's a that is a project, right? Like. That's a dude that needs a lot of work. So if you're Derek Favors, would you rather that one-year balloon payment and then re-enter free agency in 2021? Or, let's say the Jazz float the mid-level at him. The full mid-level? Sure. How many years? Two or three. Two with either a third as a team option or a third as non-guaranteed. Not fully guaranteed. I think Derek would seriously consider the Jazz's offer. Yeah. The question I have is, would the Jazz offer that? That... I don't know that the Jazz will use their full mid level this year. Um, probably not, right? We should talk a little bit about the new your the new tax owner, line. New your governor. tax line is is one thirty two, and the Jazz are at what? Pull up the numbers, Zach. You do the, the numbers. Work. You do the work. Uh, Utah Jazz are at. Um, it looks like for next season. Well, they got a lot of flexibility. So let's add Conley's number to it. Looks like they might be around like 119. Currently around 119. So you got to add. But you need Clarkson. So let's get into that. Let's say you add Jordan at a really reasonable number. Let's say you add Jordan at 10. That's 129. You still have you have your rookie scale contract. It's going to be like 1.5 or something like that. That's 130. You use your full mid-level. You're at like 138. Is the new governor of this team going to spend right away after paying 1.7? Sources tell me that he wants to compete for a championship. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. Tillman Fertitta said that. Tillman Fertitta said that and then started like checking the couch for change. He said that publicly ryan smith did not say that this publicly no but like saying, but I, he's I, saying that means internally behind closed doors no nah, i'm not i'm not listening to these billionaires behind or in front of closed doors when it says when they say i want to compete for a champion every single one that comes in and buys a team says that and i don't i don't believe it from everyone i'm not saying he i don't believe him i'm saying i don't believe a lot of them i don't believe billionaires anymore when it comes to this stuff they've done enough damage and they've done enough lying he could be the most honest person in the world good on him if he is i don't believe it i'm gonna need to see that and so seeing that and i'm not necessarily saying i need them to pay the luxury tax nor this year in order to show me i'm not saying that i'm just saying like your actions over the next like five years will show me if that's true i do not believe it now you're ryan smith would you sign would you allow dennis Lindsay and justin zanuck to sign Jordan Clarkson for ten million dollars, and use full have full use of the mid level, knowing that that's going to put you into the tax. So here's the thing, and this is where you and I very much disagree on Jordan Clarkson. I don't think I would give him ten million a year. Woo! I knew you were going to come in hot. It's not hot, man. I'm giving him fifteen. Oh my god, Dude. he. He is the best six man in Utah Jazz history. Oh, and I still don't think that's true. And two, um, he's literally had one year in which I was like, okay, he might be good. And that was this year, a contract year. He wasn't good with the Lakers. Like he puts up, a, he put up a lot of inefficient, empty numbers with the Lakers. And that's fine because he was a young player. Then he went to Cleveland. He wasn't that good there either. Other than the first 29 games of this season. 
He was pretty good. And then I, he went to the I Jazz. Have a confession. What's that? I'm not giving him 15. I would hope not. I'm not giving him 15. I, I like you, prob- you can't get you can't give that kind of money to one, one dimensional dudes. Number one, you, you're not giving him 15 because he's not getting 15 elsewhere. Right. And if he is getting 15 elsewhere, it's the Atlanta Hawks where his team is going to be trash, or the New York Knicks, or somebody, somebody like that. Nobody that's a winning team has more than like 10 million dollars. There's no winning situation out there for Jordan Clarkson where it's going to be like more than 10 million. Like, I'm not saying Jordan Clarkson isn't good in his role. He was very good with the Jazz. The the way he played with the Jazz, I was like, ooh, maybe he's turned a corner. Maybe he is actually like a player worth having, which I did not think before. But one, I would not let 42 games like decide my perception on a player. Right after I have like five years of thinking, I don't know about this guy. Maybe the trade off with Jordan is that you give him three and twenty four. And if like half of that, if half of that third season is guaranteed, I wouldn't give him three fully guaranteed years, no matter what the deal. Because I think I think he's a guy, and I know like I know Jazz fans are probably just like, you know, yelling at me right now over this, but I just like he hasn't been good or productive in his career up until this year. It is possible he just needed to be in a better situation like the Jazz provide in order to do that. I'm open to that conversation, but then you're asking me to commit like $30 million to this dude, fully guaranteed, based on the hope that that was the change he needed? No, I'd rather I'd rather him outperform that contract than have to pay him on the next one. And if he wants like, you know, if he wants flexibility with this contract to where he can opt out early and prove like, "Hey, if he wants that to be a player option, if it's a shorter deal, I'm fine with that. Go ahead and prove it to me because that's going to benefit me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, he's a one dimensional dude. He's a score, and you need scores. They needed him off the bench this year, but I don't want to give a one dimensional dude like that that kind of money. To me, that is not, especially in these financial times over the next year or two, like that money's going to get tight, Tony. I don't care who you are. I don't care how how much you want to behind closed doors compete for a championship. That money's going to get tight for a bit. So everywhere. what if the Jazz are able to get him for nine million dollars? That would put them at around one twenty six. One twenty six, and then you don't have much into that luxury tax line, right? So you have around six point five into the luxury Oof, tax line. Man, well that Mike Conley deal really does put a wrench into all this stuff. <laughs> such a big cap number, man. Oh. Uh. It's only it's for one more year. Number. I know it's only one year, so it's fine. But man, it's such just such a it takes away so much flexibility. Keep in mind that as soon as the Jazz signed Donovan Mitchell to his contract extension, the Jazz are officially on the clock with his career. Oh yeah, and and let me tell you that clock doesn't necessarily mean that entire contract. Right, it does. That's not how this stuff works anymore, and that's not a Jazz right. Donovan Mitchell thing. That is a every star. I mean, you already got rumors about Devin Booker with the right. Suns. You already have so, r- rumors about Carl Anthony Towns with the Wolves. They've got years left on those contracts. I'm reasonably certain that the length of the contract that that Donovan Mitchell is going to sign is five years. Oh yeah, I think they'll give him a five year max. I, I I do, but I'm just saying like that stuff doesn't matter anymore in terms of like. What I'm saying is that gives the Jazz four years. That gives him. That gives the Jazz this year, which will be the last year of his rookie deal, and the first three years of the uh, contract extension. So that gives the Jazz four years to build a true title contender. Otherwise, the buzzers are going to be circling. I would say the buzzer, the buzzards start circling three years, not four. Now, it doesn't mean the Jazz have to do anything at that time, but that's like, look, like these teams and these agents and these you know general managers, like they are 
they are cold-blooded. They are, they are vicious. They do not care if this fan base is happy or any fan base is happy. This isn't just a jazz thing, right? I think you'll start getting whispers. Whether they're true or not, that's how this stuff goes, right? Like you get misinformation spread because it's going to get clicks and it might put pressure and it might put little earworms in people, right? Like that's just how it goes. And so, yeah, they're, they're on the clock. Now, I, again, I don't think – and I don't expect a team like the Jazz. Like I don't expect Dennis, Dennis Lindsay to be – strong-armed into anything early i think he'll do whatever he feels is best and he'll i think if it comes to it he'd say we got you under contract for this amount of time we expect you to play for this amount of time and then we'll see right and then he can work on stuff outside but i don't think i don't i don't expect him to bend to any kind of will just because someone potentially is upset and that's if even donovan mitchell gets to that point personally right he may not they have one year of of flexibility maybe and then you got to deal with rudy gobert's deal in that in that whole time frame as well if you sign jordan for let's say if you get him for for eight million dollars i mean you probably have um you probably have six million dollars left over for the mid-level unless you want to go over over the line right and uh and maybe they do but i i don't expect a lot of teams to go over the line i expect a lot of teams who are over the line to try to lessen that right the question is is there a guy out there that the jazz can bring in that's worth going over the line for that pushes the Jazz into contention. Um, man, Serge Ibaka. He's they're not they're not getting Serge. Okay, we're not. Serge is gonna be like fifteen to twenty somewhere, right? I actually expect Toronto to balloon payment Serge. Yeah, especially if they're losing Marcus Sol. Yes, if like, he's going back to Spain, give, like everyone they can give Serge like one one in seventeen or one in eighteen. Right, you know. Keep that uh, that salary cap for 2021 high so they can right. chase have the dreams of chasing Giannis or whatever that is. Right. I mean, there there are guys out there. And you know what, Tony? We can check in on that after the draft. Huh? That's the old one-week <laughs> tease. That's how you do it in the radio business. Like 24 hours after the draft. 24 hours after the draft. We will analyze the draft and we'll try to figure out who the Jazz are going to go get in free agency. In the meantime, subscribe to The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash game notes. Make sure that you're checking out all of Tony's great draft coverage, the great coverage of the Utah Jazz from Tony, and all the NBA coverage you could ever want. Plus, if you like baseball, football, uh, soccer overseas, any of that stuff, hockey, we got all that stuff too. So go to theathletic.com. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, wherever you get podcasts, rate it, review it, do all that good stuff, leave a nice comment. And uh, make sure you're supporting Game Notes, the podcast for Utah Jazz, right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. For Tony Jones, I'm Zach Harper. That's it.